the Spot Bitcoin ETFs have bought 100,000 Bitcoin in just seven days. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, please make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. Right, here's what's on the docket today. The nine spot Bitcoin ETFs have bought 100,000 Bitcoin in the seven days after the launch. The SEC's crypto enforcement actions under Gary Gensler have reached a 10-year high. CZ tried to pledge his entire Binance US stake to leave for the UAE in January. The SEC pushes the decision on BlackRock's Spot's Ethereum ETF to March and what the SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce had to say about it. Let's start with something we haven't dived into properly for nearly a week, which must be a record for the last two months. That is how the spot Bitcoin ETFs are going. It's been hard to miss the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust's outflows. It has not only dominated the headlines, it has resulted in many observers, including JP Morgan's analysts, as we discussed yesterday, suggesting the spot Bitcoin ETF launches have been underwhelming. Listen to yesterday's episode to hear why I and many others think that is patently incorrect. But what about the other nine ETFs? They are referred to as the newborn nine by the Bloombergian twins, Eric Balkanas and James Seyfart. And we have some pretty staggering stats about them now. The nine spot Bitcoin ETFs, which obviously exclude Grayscale, have bought over 100,000 Bitcoin in just seven days. That is a truly absurd volume. So let's put this into context. Michael Saylor's MicroStrategy is one of the organizations with the biggest holdings of Bitcoin. I've discussed their purchasing habits several times in recent months as they were buying Bitcoin en masse. And as of the time of recording this, it is believed that MicroStrategy holds 189,150 Bitcoin. So as Helen Parts wrote in the article yesterday, the amount of Bitcoin purchased by spot Bitcoin ETFs in only seven trading days accounts for 53% of all Bitcoin amassed by the giant Bitcoin investor MicroStrategy over the past three years. Or for a more passionate take, the Bitcoin therapist on X wrote, nine Bitcoin ETFs have amassed over 100,000 Bitcoin in only seven days of trading. Saylor spent three years accumulating about 190,000 Bitcoin. Do not underestimate the power of the incumbent financial class. They want you to part with your Bitcoin. We are not redacted selling. So of the nine ETFs, the two leaders are, rather predictably, BlackRock and Fidelity. They have 37,304 Bitcoin and 29,232 Bitcoin, respectively. In third is Bitwise with 16,451 and then ARK21 shares with 10,630. So at the time of recording this, the nine ETFs have acquired just shy of $4.1 billion worth of Bitcoin in seven days. The amount of Bitcoin into the ETFs has outrun the amount of Bitcoin out despite Grayscale's colossal sell-off. Again, at the time of recording this, which is around 7am Eastern, and I say this because in 12 hours time, I suspect this will be wildly outdated, Grayscale has sold 82,526 Bitcoin worth around $3 billion. It is believed, however, that around a third of this is as a result of the estate of the belly-up exchange FTX dumping $902 million of GBTC. Still, let's make sure we're focusing on the right area here, and that is how eye-wateringly quickly the big banks, particularly BlackRock and Fidelity, are hoovering up Bitcoin. And they're not slowing down yet either. 
Gary Gensler has been portrayed as a cartoon villain in crypto for some time now. The chair of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission has openly opposed digital assets, and so it's no great surprise that the crypto community doesn't meet him with a sea of warm GMs every morning. However, a report released yesterday from a litigation consulting firm suggests that Gensler's opposition of crypto isn't merely talk. Turner Wright wrote a piece about this yesterday, so I'm going to let him introduce it. Cornerstone Research reported that the number of enforcement cases by the SEC on crypto firms in 2023 have been the highest they've been in roughly 10 years at the commission, going back to 2013. For example, when SEC Chair Gary Gensler became head of the commission in 2021, there were roughly 20 enforcement cases on crypto uh, dealing with litigation and administrative proceedings, but that jumped to 30 in 2022 and 46 in 2023. So who knows what we'll see in 2024 with cases with Kraken, Binance, Coinbase, and others still ongoing. Now, I would say that part of the stats are in line with what you might expect. The number of cryptocurrencies, Web3 projects and blockchain-based startups back in 2013 were infinitesimal by comparison to 2023. So it follows that the number of legal proceedings against crypto companies would increase accordingly. But there are two points that undermine that get out. Firstly, the SEC is ramping up and quickly in the past three years. As Turner wrote yesterday, the SEC's actions against crypto organisations under Gary Gensler jumped 50% in 2022 and more than 53% in 2023. That is a spike that could be said to indicate an axe to grind. Secondly, and this bothered me back when it occurred in March 2023, is what the co-founder and CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, said upon the SEC starting action against the exchange. Armstrong and Coinbase's legal team made it clear that they had tried persistently to work with the SEC. In fact, in a blog post written at the time by the chief legal officer for Coinbase, Paul Gruhl, he wrote, we met with the SEC more than 30 times over nine months. Additionally, as the blog post unpacks, Coinbase were asking for feedback and received none. Then they received the lawsuit. There are, of course, two sides to every story, but that doesn't sound like an organisation seeking progress in a new area. What do you make of how Gary Gensler and the SEC has approached crypto in recent years? Are they unfairly portrayed by crypto folk or is it justified? Share your thoughts with us on at Cointelegraph and at RKBags on X. Crypto moves so quickly that it feels like another lifetime that the Binance saga was unfolding. You may remember that we discussed whether Chang Peng Zhao, CZ, would be allowed to return to his home in the United Arab Emirates prior to sentencing. I suspected at the time that that wouldn't be allowed simply because there is not an extradition agreement between the United States and the UAE, and unfortunately for CZ, it wasn't allowed. Next month, on the 23rd of February, CZ will receive his sentence, which could well involve jail time. In fact, he has agreed to not appeal any sentence up to 18 months in prison, though there were rumours around the time of the initial ruling that prosecutors might push for an outlandishly long sentence, and that would start a new storm around this case. Anyway, yesterday a court filing was unsealed and showed a letter to Judge Richard Jones from CZ's lawyers. It was sent on the 22nd of December and it read, If necessary to address any concerns the court might have about this travel and to ensure that he is able to be with blank and family during this important period, Mr. Zhao is prepared to provide significant additional property and financial security to assure his timely return, including pledging all of his equity in Binance US, which was worth $4.5 billion in the last round of fundraising two years ago. 
Firstly, Blank is a close friend of CZ's whose name was redacted. Secondly, you heard correctly. CZ was willing to put up his entire Binance US equity as collateral to return to the UAE temporarily to visit a person close to him that is undergoing surgery. But again, the federal prosecutors did not consent to the request. Yesterday, one day before the soft deadline, the SEC released a filing to announce that the regulator has pushed back its decision on BlackRock's proposed spot Ether ETF. The SEC's Assistant Secretary, Sherry Haywood, wrote in the filing, The Commission finds it appropriate to designate a longer period within which to take action on the proposed rule change. Now, this is neither unexpected nor necessarily a bad sign. The SEC can delay the decision several times across a 240-day period, and we suspected it would happen, particularly if the SEC wants to align all applications and approve them on the same day as they did with the spot Bitcoin ETFs. Van Eck, ARK21 Shares, Grayscale, Invesco, Fidelity and of course BlackRock have all applied for a spot Ether exchange traded fund and the final deadlines for each range between the 23rd of May and the 7th of August. Bloomberg's ETF analyst James Seyfart posted on X, spot Ethereum ETF delays will continue to happen sporadically over the next few months. The next day that matters is the 23rd of May. Those following the story closely might remember that in an episode a few weeks back, Eric Balkanas put the chance of a spot Ether ETF approval at 70% by May. There is a connected story to this, and it's the emergence of a new hero for crypto. In yesterday's episode, I discussed the SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce and her scathing review of how the SEC had handled the spot Bitcoin ETF applications. She essentially blamed the SEC themselves for the circus around the process. Well, Hester Pierce has now found herself with the nickname Crypto Mum. And Crypto Mum isn't just looking to hide behind rose-tinted glasses. In an interview with Coinage Media yesterday, Pierce assured listeners that a court battle won't won't be necessary to get the spot ether ETFs over the line. She said, We shouldn't need a court to tell us that our approach is arbitrary and capricious in order for us to get it right. So it seems that Hester Crypto Mum Pierce is our new hero within the SEC, but she alone cannot bring about any guarantees. Chair Gary Gensler, as we discussed earlier, is opposed to crypto and not going to want a flood of crypto-based spot ETFs. Earlier this month, Gary Gensler wrote in a letter that the spot Bitcoin ETF approvals should in no way signal the Commission's willingness to approve listing standards for crypto asset securities, adding that, as I've said in the past and without prejudging any one crypto asset, the vast majority of crypto assets are investment contracts and thus subject to the federal securities laws. That said, and I mentioned this earlier this week, the SEC would need some strong arguments to reject the spot ether ETFs so as not to fall into the same hole that lost them the grayscale case. And I think it's safe to say we all feel a little bit more comfortable now we know there is a voice of reason for crypto in in the SEC in the form of Crypto Mom. Okay, that is it for today. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Coin Telegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing, or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow. Bye.